You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. And this is episode 152 with your host, Madeline Moon, and you're listening to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am beyond stoked to be here at episode 152. We are in May. It is a glorious month. The weather is beautiful here in Colorado. And I have been sitting on this episode and what I wanted to talk about today for my solo episode. And it seemed kind of, hmm, what's the word? It seemed kind of obvious to me I guess that might be the word of what I should talk about because in almost all of my coaching sessions we ended up talking about the same thing not only that but I felt like a lot of my life has been around implementing these lessons that I teach and I'll get into that in a bit but to summarize it we're going to be talking about feeling your feelings and releasing anxiety What is anxiety? Why are we experiencing it? Why does it not go away? Why can't I stop thinking about what other people are thinking about me or overanalyzing what I said in that text message? We're going to be diving deeper into why we do this and how we can ease up and love ourselves out of it. But before we head on over there, here is the review of the week. And this comes from Grace Hopper 17. And she says, life changing subscription with five stars. This podcast is one of the things that helped me to get to a place of comfort and ease with food and my body after a period of disorder. The love Maddie has for her works and for each of the listeners is apparent in the passion and drive she puts forward with her work. I have been listening for a while and I can't get enough. Love it. Thank you so much, Grace Hopper. I know exactly who you are because I have chatted with you a few times on Instagram and I had to tell you, I so appreciate your kind and sweet words on my show. Thank you. Next, I want to give a warm shout out to the show sponsor, which is Plate Joy, whom I am loving recently. I don't know if you have checked it out quite yet, but Plate Joy is a wonderful meal planning service that you can sign up for if you're a busy bee like me, but you still want to try new things and you still enjoy eating indulgent or healthy or scrumptious meals, which we all love, Plate Joy makes it super easy because all you got to do is put in your preferences, what kind of foods you do like, don't like, any dietary workarounds that you have to play with or any preferences. For example, I don't like onions and I can't eat many stone fruits. So I often find a I often come head to head with a lot of recipes that include a lot of those ingredients that I really don't thoroughly love. 
and Plate Joy makes it so easy for me to get a meal plan that I absolutely love. And I don't mean meal plan as in like, I must eat a meal plan with the same foods every single week. Because if I don't, then I am a failure. No, it's not like that at all. It's more like, oh, I want to have chia pudding one day, but I want to have the ingredients already ready so I don't have to run to the store to go get it last minute. Plate Joy makes it super easy. So that's what I'm saying. I love it. You might like it too. So if you want to check it out, you can go to platejoy.com and get 10 days of meal plans for free. And if you enter the code Maddie, capitalized M-A-D-D-Y, you will save $10, $10 on your membership. Whoop. Super excited about that. The last piece of news until we hop on over to the actual meat and heart and soul of this podcast is that I am going to be leading a wonderful, wonderful venture over to Costa Rica where we will be refurbishing, painting up, planting flowers and food in a garden all over in a kindergarten in Costa Rica. And we will be playing with the kids and just really giving back to the community there to an underdeveloped, underprivileged part of Costa Rica. And then after two days of doing that, we will head on over to a beautiful, beautiful rainforest slash beach in Costa Rica where we will surf and do yoga and play and workshop and just have a good time integrating the lessons we learn. So if you're interested in this journey, and I actually am calling it a journey because I'm pairing with the company We Journey, that's who they're called, We Journey, in order to put this on. If you're interested in this, I would absolutely love, love to have you there. It's going to be August 3rd through the 8th. Anyone is welcome, men and women. So if you want to go with your boyfriend, if you want to go with your girlfriend, your mom, your brother, your sister, your twin, your daughter, whoever it may be, everyone is welcome to this beautiful excursion that we're going to be having. And everything is taken care for uh, for you. So the minute you put down your deposit, you will you can rest assured knowing that you are taken care of with transportation booking lodging food and that's one of the great things about this for both me and for you because i don't have to worry about taking care of all those things and also this is a wonderful way to get your toe wet if you have never been out of the country or you've never been to costa rica and you have all these fears about how do i get into a taxi and get to my destination how am i taken care of that is how i first started my solo traveling um excursions is by first starting with a very organized trip and I would not have done anything differently. I went on a yoga retreat where they took care of rides and accommodation and food and all of that and it made my trip so much more comfortable. So if you've been getting the itch for traveling but you don't want to just jump in head first by going by yourself, this is a great way to give back, have a fun trip, go to Costa Rica, do yoga, surf, meet awesome people, hang out with me and be able to see another part of the world. Even if you've been to Costa Rica many times, I'm sure this is going to be a totally different experience and one that you will thoroughly love. So if you are interested in that, you can go to the show notes for this episode, episode 152, and there will be a link there. You can also just go to wejourney.com and scroll down to the August journey for the 3rd to the 8th Costa Rica, and you'll see I'm the team leader for that, and you can sign on up. Okay, so... In between my sips here of my Four Sigmatic cacao mix, which is like my favorite thing ever to drink when I'm podcasting, I am ready to dive on into this topic of anxiety. Now, if you're listening to the show and you resonate with a lot of stuff that we cover, I have a very big feeling that you have experienced anxiety, depression, overthinking, perfectionism at some point in your life, if not now. 
Maybe it's something that you're working through. Maybe it's something you are actively aware of within your heart and your soul that you do this, but it still gets the best of you. Now, what I want to start with saying is that's okay. That's okay. Think about the world that we live in. There's news. The news always is showing extremes, extreme tragedies, planes just falling out of the sky, missing. No one knows where they are. Awful things happening to people in car crashes and to their kids and losing jobs. There's a lot to look out for, right? And we being humans, it's a primal desire for us to look out for ourselves, fight or flight. So when there is no physical immediate danger, your mind is still on the run. It's still on the go saying at any minute, this security could be gone. At any minute, this person I love could disappear. At any minute, X, Y, Z. This could be the last time that I get into my car and get out safely. But like our minds are constantly running. And on a smaller scale, we have been targeted via the media to obsess over what people think about us by the media thriving on making us feel bad about our insecurities. So we're constantly thinking, what do they think about my outfit? What do they think about if I cancel the plans? Do they not think I'm a good mom? Do they think that I'm a weirdo if I wear this Grateful Dead shirt over to this party? Like, what do they think about me? And we were not born this way. So one of the things that really makes my heart ache is when I work with a client who is really hard on herself for being a perfectionist or being shy or being an overthinker and taking on that as if it's her fault. Nothing is at fault here. No one is at fault and nothing about being an overthinker is, is bad. Nothing is inherently good or bad. It's just the stories that you tell about it. I'm an overthinker. That's bad. That's a lot to handle. I'm too much. I'm this. I'm that. These are the stories you hold around who you are that put you into the cycle of shame. Most people overthink things. It's just true. Overthinking is the rehashing of the past where worry is the fear of the future. And many times when you feel like you've gotten one thing under control, so let's just assume you're someone that has been listening to this podcast for the past three years and you had food issues and you grew alongside me and, and you grew out of those, ta-da, you're no longer suffering from body dysmorphia or orthorexia. That's great. But now what? Chances are there's something else that's causing you anxiety in your life because anxiety is like a ping pong ball. It likes to go from one thing to another to another. It's really scary to not worry at all or not fear at all or overthink at all because your body interprets that as being the most vulnerable and the most susceptible to falling prey to something in life. So in order to cope with being vulnerable and, and not fearing that something is going to go wrong at any minute, your body and mind is always trying to be on alert. It's always trying to guard you and to watch out. That's why it's such a struggle for so many people to remain open, remain vulnerable, to be able to be hurt, to openly say, this is who I am, take it or leave it, to have your heart broken and still be open to love. It's hard because your primal instincts is to guard, put up walls, shut down, and overthink. 
because your mind thinks that if it thinks, your mind thinks that if it thinks more, it's more protected. But here's the truth. It's not. Overthinking normally gets you into messes. And you know this. Logically, you understand this. So I want to give you some tips and some insight into this. So let's talk about the actual things that can happen in life that cause you to overthink. A situation going differently than what you planned. Pain. Someone getting mad at you. There are lots of different reasons why you might overthink things. Making a big decision. Um, Making a decision that's exciting. You might even overthink that. Or does he like me? Or does he not like me? Or what did I do wrong? There's lots of reasons to overthink. What I invite you to begin doing as soon as possible is to, one, accept yourself for how you are. This is the number one key. Accept the overthinking. Accept the anxiety. Accept the depression. Because the more you say, this is wrong, that I feel this way, I need to change this, the more you're going to be stuck in this shame cycle, the longer you're going to keep going back to overthinking. The whole reason why you're an overthinker or you're a perfectionist is because you feel shame around being an, over, an overthinker or perfectionist. And so the, the feeling of shame keeps you going back to these harmful behaviors. So anxiety can start just being worried and then it can bounce over to now I'm anxious about being anxious and I'm anxious about the anxiety about the being anxious because now I'm just a huge ball of anxiety and I need to hurry and, and get out of this anxiety and now I'm anxious about not being able to get out of the anxiety. It just builds. But when you can learn to say, I'm anxious and that's okay, it stops there. That's the only anxiety you deal with. And you deal with it, this is the next thing, by feeling your feelings. Not feeling your feelings and feeling shamed about them, but feeling your feelings and accepting them and feeling honest about them. Knowing that you have those feelings for a reason. It's a primal instinct. Anxiety is merely on its most primal basis. It is merely just the fear of survival and not knowing if you're going to make it. That's really just what anxiety is. It's a coping mechanism for not knowing if you're going to be able to make it. That's just what it is. It's just a primal instinct, a fear of survival. But looking at the world we live in, typically we have comfortable homes. We have people looking out for us and love us. We have money. Even people in, in, in America who think they don't have money, you're still in the top 1%. You're still doing really well. And if you're not in America excuse me, as I take a sip of this, and you're somewhere else in the world, you still have a heartbeat. You still have something that I can't even give you a percentage of how many souls don't have that because it's infinite. There's a finite amount of people on this world right now, but there's an infinite amount of people that will never be given a heartbeat. So even if you do not have tons of money and tons of security, which is all false and and just a coping mechanism anyways to believe in, you have a heartbeat. And you're only going to be here for a brief amount of time because all of our lives will end eventually. It's not really up to us when that happens, but we are given a finite amount of time to live our lives to the fullest. So feeling your feelings without shame and without judgment. A great book in order to read to get closer to this is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. One of my favorite books totally opened my eyes. I loved it. It just really resonated with me. And this is wonderful for accepting your imperfections, accepting who you are, and releasing all the the jib-jab about not being perfect enough or not being this enough. You have the qualities you have, the traits you have for a reason. And if you feel anxiety about being anxious, you're 
adding on anxiety for absolutely no reason and all it's doing is harming you because the way I see it the universe God whatever you want to say was very intentional about you where you are right now in your life it's intentional it's where you're meant to be So if you are at a point in your life, if you are somewhere in your life and you are mad at yourself for being there, you are mad at yourself for something that you had no decision about, basically. What I mean by this is God said, all right, for let's give me as a very clear example, Madeline, you're going to be here. You're you're almost 26 years old. You are... uh, you're single, you're living in Boulder, Colorado, you have a dog, you are putting on retreats, you have had this happened within the last year, which has been hard, but you've had this good thing happen, and I designed all of this to be like this. So what if I'm here and I'm like, well, I don't want to have my life like this. I want, I, I'm looking at 26-year-olds over there, and they're married, and they have kids, and they're going to fancy parties, living in New York, and they've got all this stuff. They have fame. They have success. They're on the news, blah, blah, blah. They're writing books. Okay, well, it wasn't really up to me. Now, this might be kind of out there for you, and if it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. Let it go. But it resonates with me, and it gives me a lot of release, and it makes me feel like so much weight has been taken off my shoulders to believe that I'm not actually in control of everything. I imagine that God has designed my entire life from the minute I come out of the womb till the minute I'm in a grave. And I'm along for the ride. I'm doing his work in the order he sees fit. I'm going through the trials and tribulations of life in the order he sees fit. And sometimes it's really freaking hard, like really hard. And I'll get into that in a minute. And sometimes it's, it's not hard. It's wonderful. It's great. And I have so many reasons to be excited and happy and beautiful things are happening. But to be mad at where I am in my life because I'm comparing my life to where other people are is pointless. It's fruitless. It gets me nowhere except builds on to more anxiety. It makes me feel bad about myself as if I could have done more, been more, anything else. It makes me overthink where I am when the way I see it, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, not just because it's where I'm supposed to be but because it's where I've been placed. And so for me to sit here and over obsess and have anxiety and frustration and fear about where I am in life is a waste of freaking time off my life. Because no matter what, I'm not going to overthink my, I'm not going to overthink myself out of where I'm going to be. I'm going to be here until I move on to the next part in my life because God decided that to happen. But if I sit here and get upset and cry and get mad and judge myself, I'm judging myself, I'm judging like minutes, maybe even weeks or months or years off of my life that I could have been using it for something fun, beautiful, playful, romantic, sexy, insightful, powerful. All that time I sit overthinking and having anxiety about being where I am, worried that where I am isn't good enough, is fruitless because I'm going to be here no matter what until the will of the universe is done. Okay, the will of God. Whatever works in your mind, I hope this is really hitting home with you because this is the key here to be able to step into this feminine flow and to go along with life circumstances because you realize you're not the you're not a puppeteer 
guiding and steering your entire life. Sure, set goals, set dreams for yourself. Want to be bigger and better and grow. That is all fine. But those goals and those dreams do not have your hand wrapped around it with a knight, a white knuckled fist. Have it a loose grasp. Make goals, set dreams, and gently, gently hold on to it so that if God pries it out of your hands, it's not hard for him to. It just happens. And you don't keep trying to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on with anxiety and fear because that's where the anxiety and the fear comes from. It's from having this idea in your head that life is supposed to be this way when it's really going in the exact direction it's supposed to be in. And so to get a little bit more vulnerable with y'all, the past nine months have been so incredible for me in so many different ways. I've, I'm more successful and happy and aligned in my business than I ever have been. I feel, I feel like I'm getting more and more into my flow, my trust, my surrender, but also being able to set goals and go after them. But on a different side of my life, my romantic side, my relationships, that's been more challenging to remain open. I would say I've probably had three men that have come and gone in my life in the past nine months that I had excitement about and hope and joy and playfulness and big dreams. This could be the right relationship. This is going to be the one that stays and I can see us just laughing in a, in a, in two years time and taking road trips together, all that, all that stuff. Because I'm not afraid of being a romantic and I'm not afraid of opening my heart anymore. I used to be like, well, I, yeah, we're dating, but like, you know, it's just a little thing. I mean, if he leaves, it's fine because we're like, we're not like that serious. We're just kind of dating, whatever. No, I'm not like that anymore. I'm very open. I'm very honest. And if I see a good thing and feel a good thing, I run with it and I believe that it is a good thing. But on both those three times, I have had some sort of door close on me. And it's been very hurtful and it's been very hard and it's been a lot of tears and a lot of crying, a lot of, but it felt so right. I was so hopeful. It felt so good. We felt so like, like a good partnership, so many good times, and then it's all gone. And in both those three times with the particular people, the men I was with, they never tried to patch things up or make it work. So then that was an additional painful thing for me is after the third time, I was like, why don't these people try to come back or try to make it work? Why do they just walk away and, and that's it? And in this instance, I have learned, this is why it's happened for me. And it's so beautiful how it all comes together. I've really learned to feel my feelings and, and look at relationships as teachers. You've probably heard this before. Look at every relationship as a teacher, but you can even look at the short ones as teachers. The very, very, very brief short ones can still teach you something. And in every single one, I've learned how to not hold on to the anger, how to feel the anger. Oh, you better believe it. I have felt some intense anger over the past nine months, more anger than I have felt in a long time. The past 26 years of my life, whenever it's not happiness, it's normally sadness. But with these relationships particularly, I have felt anger. I have felt betrayed. I have felt broken, punched in the gut. To be honest, I have. But instead of me saying, oh, that's it. Look what being open does to me. I need to go back to my 
more closed off guarded ways that's the only way I'm going to be able to protect myself Uh uh-uh nope the next relationship that I get an inkling is good and it feels good you know what I'm going to do the exact same thing I did before I'm going to stay open I'm going to tell them what I think and I'm not ever going to blame the openness and the vulnerability for my pain because you know what I felt the pain more yeah Mm mm-hmm The relationships that I felt, I was in college and high school. Oh, I remember one breakup in high school wrecked me. It was awful. It was just, I remember hyperventilating, crying so bad. And it led to a period of depression in high school. It was really bad. But since that, I haven't felt, because after that first initial heartbreak in high school, I went through about seven years of hardness, not letting people truly in not being able to enjoy my time sexually with a partner I was in love with without overthinking the entire thing. See, I was so out of, I was so out of alignment. I was overthinking sex, so I couldn't really enjoy it. I felt shame with sex also as well. I didn't want anyone to fully completely see me or know me. And even though I would date people and I would get hopeful about relationships In my heart of hearts, I was closed off and fearful and I was in these relationships out of insecurity that I would never be able to achieve and receive the amount of love I wanted. And like I talked in the attached, I am a secure attachment, but I'm also a little bit anxious. And so with my anxiety, I always felt like my my needs were needy, which is so wrong. And my, one of my biggest fears as an anxious, this is for all anxious attachment styles, is that one will never be able, I will never be able to achieve the level of intimacy and closeness that I desire. These three past relationships that I have been in over the past nine months, very brief, like I said, they're not relationships that were long, and they're pretty much one after the other. I had that same fear reaffirmed that I won't be able to achieve the level of intimacy and closeness that I want. Because look, they all ended very quickly. So I get intimate, I get close, I finally open up and I step into my feminine power and flow and boom, they walk away. So that that innate fear in my body of never being close enough, very easily, if I hadn't learned, it could go back to being fearful that really I'll never be able to find someone that I can be close with. Look, it happened. Oh, it happened again. Oh, it happened a third time. I'm not supposed to be close with people. I'm not supposed to be intimate with people. I need to go back to my hard, closed off ways. But no, even with an anxious attachment of style, I know I am so capable of staying open to love. And I still believe that closeness and intimacy and a partnership that's long lasting is available to me. I just know it wasn't right with those past people. All the people before me have all taught me something. And crazy enough, these three relationships in the past nine months have taught me more than I have learned in my entire life of relationships, even though they were brief, because I'm getting better and better and better at learning as much as I can in the most short amount of time. And how do I do that? By not overthinking, by feeling my feelings, by taking the stupid focus off of myself and the shame I feel and this is wrong with me and no, stop, stop, stop. Nothing is wrong with you. Stop spending all of this precious time you could spend learning focusing on shame. Stop it. Stop. It's a waste of time. Stop shaming yourself because you're already perfect. You're the way you're supposed to be and God has made you the way you are intentionally. So stop trying to change yourself and instead look at the situation, the relationship, the trial, the event, whatever it is, look at it and ask yourself just just one question. What can I learn how is this a teacher? 
how, what can I learn? How was this experience a teacher? Instead of saying, how can I make myself fixed or better or what's broken about me? And let me just sit here and obsess about how I'm broken. Stop. You're not broken. Look at what you can learn and out of place, a place of love. So in these past three relationships off the top of my head, the very first one of these three, I learned more about releasing sex shame. Seriously, like that first of these three men, like I felt like even though it was such a brief relationship, I was able to release sex shame more than I've ever been able to in my life. Something about him like just unlocked. Maybe it wasn't about him. Maybe it was just with me. He just provided for me this masculine energy that allowed me to fully tap into my feminine energy more than any person has ever done. And I, with that, with feeling like the most feminine version of myself I've ever felt, the shame was gone. And that was brief. And that's why that breakup was so painful because I had finally felt the way I wanted to feel my whole life and it was gone. And I wondered, will it happen again? And I said, yes. If I could find this guy on Tinder or Bumble or whatever it was and we headed off and we were crazy about each other for a brief amount of time, and I experienced this, I know it's available again. So he taught me that. He also taught me that <clears throat> good matches are more available than I thought they were. I went out with this guy. We hit it off. It was great. I'm not quite as, um, I don't, I know I've mentioned this before, but I don't believe anymore there's just one, the one. Because this guy was fantastic, and I'm sure we could have had a great relationship. He was probably one of the ones, but it just wasn't right for other reasons. There were other bigger reasons why it would not have lasted. And, and it's great that we ended up breaking it off because that was not meant to be for long term. But I learned something from it. And I would not have learned that if I just sat there and thought, well, why am I broken? Why doesn't he like me? Let me overthink about how I should have changed and been better so that he would have stayed. No. If he did not want in this relationship, neither do I because I value myself and I love myself. Oh, this cacao mix is so good, you guys. I just, hold on, I'm sorry. Okay, I know the mic picks up on all those swallow sounds, so sorry about that. Okay, second one. The second relationship taught me a lot. The second relationship taught me, um, how do I boil this down? That when I was going into my first phase of, I'm a feminine goddess and I want to be with a masculine man, a masculine warrior, he taught me that masculine warriors, the kind of masculine warrior I want also has a feminine side because he was straight up nothing but masculine warrior, had no feminine side. And I realized the importance of also having the feminine side. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like there's still beautiful, wonderful things about a man that is totally in his feminine and in his masculine. He taught me that. He taught me that I want that. And the third most brief one, taught me and I'm still working through this because this one's more recent but I learned in our conversations how to vulnerably open up and speak my mind and speak my truth from the get-go and that's another important lesson so while I could have been into this hard masculine tendency of overthinking why why am I not getting this relationship is it not meant to be is it not meant to be like why do I keep going after love when it's obviously just not right for me that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to continue to stay open, stay soft, stay, stay in my flow, and still remain vulnerable. 
and you know what? I'm not just because I've had these three experiences in the last year. I am not done meeting people and being hopeful. And I never will be because I have learned how to stay in my body, feel my feelings and release the anxiety. I believe that when I was first. OK, so think about this in, in your terms. If you're going through a period of recovery from something right now and it feels extra, 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 extra hard and you have things pop up like family members say things that hurt you or roommates say things that hurt you, what I believe, or, or maybe you get off track. Maybe you're on this one path, you're about to get this job and then it, the door closes in your face and you don't get the job or someone dies or something tragic happens. What I believe that is, is the universe, God saying, how much do you trust me? How much do you trust me? How much you trust me? What about now? What about now? You still trust me? Oh, what about now? This one's a hard one. This one's a doozy. Still trust me? Yeah? Oh, oh, okay. Cool. All right. Well, here's, here's what you wanted. That's what it is. I truly, honestly believe that the universe is testing and testing and testing and testing. How bad do you want it? How bad do you trust me? Here you go. And then you will receive it in, in its own weird way. It might not be how you thought it'd be packaged, but it will come to you. Whatever is meant to be will come to you in the right way, at the right time. It will work out. And in my case, and in other people listening to this podcast, if you are a, <clears throat> if you're a coach or you are a teacher or you are a leader in some field <clears throat> and you are faced with trial after trial, what I believe that it could still be the question from God, do you trust me? But I also believe what you're probably experiencing is, are you walking your talk? How much have you learned? How much have you grown? Really? Really? You say that you're, you're in touch with your feminine, your masculine. Are you? Let's see. Are you going to stay soft even though your heart's been broken three times in the past year? Are you going to stay soft? Are you going to stay open and vulnerable like you teach your clients? Huh? Are you? Huh? Yeah? Um, okay. All right. You are. Cool. Guess you've learned it. So I look at it like that as well. I, I believe that we are tested. I believe that the that God is checking in on us and and then we have things that are going so smoothly and great and unfortunately a lot of times when we are in those moments of smoothness and wonderfulness and greatness and gifts and people in our life that are entering for a reason we don't often give credit to God we don't often like realize we're in those good things because it's just smooth and even the boring times are good too the boring times have things to be grateful for and oftentimes our minds get so freaked out by the good and even the boring that it looks for something to be anxious about. Ping-ponging, ping-ponging all the time. All right, my fitness addiction is under control. I'm not working out and I'm okay with it and I feel good and I still love myself, but oh my God. Oh my God, what does Shelly think about my new car? Or maybe it's not so surface level. Maybe it's something like, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, but this job... Oh my God, this job, they're going to they're gonna fire me because they don't like my last report. They're still going to fire me. They're still going to fire me. Oh my God. Right? Where our brains are like, what can I feel anxious about now? Huh? What can I feel anxious about now? So remember these lessons. Remember to touch in and touch base with your certainty that you are being taken care of and you, you are where you are for a reason. If you lose your job, it happens for a reason. If something, if so, a door closes, it happens for a reason. Things are happening for you, not against you, not to you, for you, with you. They are. Rest assured and release the anxiety by doing different things that feel good to you. This past couple weeks, I've had, um, I have had my own feelings of angst 
angst and just itchiness and wanting to be out of my body. And, and when I feel like that, what I do is very simple. I get off of social media because I don't want to fake a smile and act like everything's great because that's not authentic. And whenever I'm ready to come out to my followers and listeners and say, hey, I've been struggling. Here's what I've been struggling about, but I'm, I'm fine now. Then I will. I just did that today earlier on Instagram and it felt great. I told everyone like, hey, I've been off Instagram stories because I've been dealing with some stuff that I wanted to sit with and marinate on and I'm fine now and I'm good and thanks everyone for being patient with me. So what I do is I go do yin yoga. When I'm going through a hard time, I do a lot of yin yoga. It's so relaxing. It's so nurturing. It just feels like a hug to my body. I do yin yoga. I will go about my daily routine, either going to Pilates, eating nourishing food, trying a new recipe, and I journal a lot. I've mentioned this before, but I have the day one journal on my phone and on my computer, and it's just brilliant for me because I, if you're like, go journal in your notebook, I won't do it. I just won't. But if you're like, oh, you have a journal on your computer, go type it. I will. And it's so much easier for it to flow out of me. So I use day one. I'll have a link to that in the show notes for this, but it's, it's been a gem for me. I have so many different journals in there and one of them is relationships. One of them is business. One of them is just general diary, random thoughts, but that helps me a lot as well. I just write whatever's on my mind. Um, a lot of times it's what I'm learning. I want to make sure I document what I'm learning and then I use it for travel as well, but that's a little bit of a tangent. But the last thing I want to say before I wrap this up is that when you are experiencing new phases of your life, um, but you're still experiencing old struggles, please do not, do not, do not, do not think that you're relapsing into your quote old self. This is a new version of you. Yeah, sure. Maybe you're experiencing old patterns. So let's say, for example, you are on the road to recovery from orthorexia or no let's let's say bulimia okay and you've been doing so good six months strong you're eating your food you're keeping it down and then one night your husband comes home he yells at you the kids are screaming the house is a mess you hate all your clothes that girl said something so mean to you on Facebook and you binged and purged now here's the thing you were doing the best you could in that moment Honestly, I never want you to think I could have done better. I could have done any other coping mechanism, but that one I've relapsed and I'm back into my old self and I must have not learned. Yes, you have learned. You have learned and you have grown. Do not downgrade or underappreciate or underrecognize the amount of growth you've had, my love, okay? You have grown. You have changed. Just because you go through one old pattern or two or three or four or ten, it doesn't mean that you are back into that old version of yourself and all that growth you just did wasn't even, didn't even happen. Nope, it did happen. And you learned from it because you are a new version of yourself. You are a more grown version of yourself, simply having an old experience, but at a new level. So don't think that you've relapsed because you go and do an old behavior. Throw self-compassion at yourself like a freaking fountain. Just squirting at you okay love throw it at you throw it at yourself more love more love more love nurture yourself go do yin yoga go journal go tell yourself that you love yourself go get some ice cream like feel like you are deserving of love and something kind 
instead of looking at yourself and shaming yourself for doing something you you're better than that you've grown so much why did you relapse and do these old behaviors you must have not grown at all who's gonna want you no that's called shame and that will keep you in that cycle recognize your growth do not water down your growth appreciate how far you've come and if you have a moment where you do one of your old behaviors it's okay it's okay you're human you're not god you're not a god you're just human doing the best you can in this crazy world we live in love yourself love yourself silly okay seriously there's nothing good that comes out of shaming yourself for some old behavior that you did again because it's a new version of you that's going through a new chapter in your life and at one moment in time that seemed like the right thing to do and when you reflect I'm sure you can see it wasn't the best thing to do and it's not the most helpful and that is all you can hope for is that in reflection you can see what you could have done differently and learn from the experience learning learning people often get learning confused with shaming learning and shaming are not the same thing learning comes from a place of love saying I, I love myself I'm a fantastic person and here's how I can be even more happy, even more aligned. When people get shame and love, I mean shame and learning mixed up, it looks more like I am not a great person. I am not deserving of all the love and I just made a huge mistake and I shouldn't have. Here's all the reasons why I shouldn't have and why I'm not worthy of loving myself right now. That's not learning. That is shaming. Learning looks more like I love myself and I want to better myself out of love because I'm an awesome person. And that's where I want you to be. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a lot on anxiety and feeling your feelings and learning from experiences and vulnerability and openness. And if you have any questions at all, please do not hesitate to go to my website and contact me on the contact page there with any questions or comments or anything at all. If you enjoyed this and you have a friend who also experiences anxiety or overthinking, maybe forward it to them. It's a nice free way to be able to help them and also help the, the podcast get more ears listening in. So that would be awesome if you did share this episode or left a review on my iTunes show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have an awesome guest next week with the beautiful Thais Sky, and I'm so excited to release that one next Wednesday. And I hope you guys have an excellent weekend and excellent rest of your week.